Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in 1 John chapter 1, so we're starting um, a new author. We've not looked at any of the Johannine uh, letters or his gospel or his apocalypse. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to John soon enough, the gospel of John. Uh, but this is his first epistle, and there's a lot of parallels between the gospel and at least his first epistle. But as we look at 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, uh, what we'll find is a common theme of where John emphasizes both truth and love. And so on the one hand, there, there are some of us who, who hold to truth and they want to emphasize truth. On the other hand, uh, there are those who, who are all about love. And, and John shows us, among other portions of Scripture, that, that we shouldn't have one in the extreme without the other. Uh, that, that one will balance the other. So, so we must learn to speak the truth in love, Paul would tell us. And so while, while we should be passionate about the truth, particularly the gospel truth, we must live by gospel love. So throughout his writings, we, we see this juxtaposition over and over again. And 1 John 1 is a, is a busy chapter. Even though it's only 10 verses, quite short, you can read it really briefly. And 1 John's only five chapters, 2nd and 3rd John are, are a chapter each. Um, there is a lot here. Notice the, the introduction in verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our, our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. Notice what is missing here. A couple of things. One, your traditional greeting. It doesn't say, John, an apostle, Lord Jesus Christ, to the church in Ephesus with love, uh, grace and peace to you from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. That's very uh, Pauline and Petrine uh, introductions, as well as a uh, Jew. Sort of begins that way, but John just gets right to it. In fact, the other thing missing here is an antecedent. Uh, I never noticed this until I took a Greek syntax class, uh, and we had to translate all the way through First uh, John. And and one of the things our professors always had to do that whenever we came to uh, the monster pronouns, we we had to um, find the antecedent. And so the 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 letter begins with that which was from the beginning. And the problem is there is no antecedent to that which was in the beginning. And so this, this is just, uh, really fascinating to me. I don't know what, what you want to do with it. But, but John almost assumes you know exactly who it is he's talking about. And, and perhaps he has in mind his, his gospel, or whether he's written it or, or not. Certainly he has proclaimed that gospel. Um, but you'll, but, but he is obviously referring to, to Christ. That which was from the beginning, John 1 makes it very clear, Jesus is from the beginning uh, and was one with the Father or separate from him. And then he says, we have seen with our own eyes. And so John articulates his authority in writing this letter as an apostle defined as one who is an eyewitness to the life, ministry, death, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, this is common throughout the New Testament and unique among uh, most world religions, including secular religion, in that it's rooted in eyewitness testimony. But what you have here is, is the gospel. Uh, and and he, he, he says, that which we saw and heard, we proclaim to you that, that through him we may have fellowship together. Um, and he says, we write these things so that our joy may be made complete. Notice again, just like with Paul, joy and the gospel 
are very much connected. And that joy is connected to the community. Our joy is complete, but also individually, that in the gospel, I have joy. But I want to spend more time on the last a few verses. So we're actually going to look at every verse of this chapter. Again, it's only 10 verses. Um, because I want to highlight the black and white nature of John. Uh, Paul is is one that, that will use black and white language, but will also dive into some of some the ambiguity of, of things. John is very black and white. Notice he says here, this is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us all from sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So I just briefly want to highlight what it is that he is doing here. Notice the metaphor is that of light and darkness. This is common in John's writings. I always like to point this out uh, in the narrative of the gospel because I, I find it fascinating. And I think it helps us to read his gospel. In, in John chapter 1... Uh, we discover that Jesus is the Logos. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. Uh, we discover he's the Lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away sins of the world. We discover that Jesus is uh, uh, the light, right? Uh, he's the light of the world, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. Well, um, what you get in John's Gospel is a mixing of light and darkness. For example, in John 3, we get the story of Nicodemus that climaxes, climaxes with John 3.16. But you may recall that Nicodemus comes to Jesus at nighttime. That's not an accident. In the next chapter, Jesus meets with a Samaritan woman who is living in sin. So Nicodemus, though a self-righteous man, is in darkness. But here is a woman who knows that she is, she, she is, she is suffering from the shame of her sin. Uh, and, and she is brought to the light because she meets Jesus at noontime, the brightest part of the day. Right? And she walks away seeing the truth of the gospel. Later, we get Jesus healing the blind man. So he sees darkness, but Jesus heals him, so now he sees light. But those who kick him out of the synagogue and those critical of Jesus, after Jesus says, I am the light of the world, they then say, um, are you telling us that we're in, in darkness because we don't believe in you? And Jesus says essentially, yes. And then there is the juxtaposition between light and darkness at the cross of Jesus, that, that as Jesus is suffering and dying, it gets dark, though it's, it's, it's about 3 o'clock in, in the uh, uh, afternoon. I think that's right. I mean, the, the time, I may have the, the time wrong. Um, so so um, uh, John does this all the time. In, in his epistle, uh, to walk in the light is to pursue righteousness. To walk in darkness is to live in sin. Now, he says you're either in the light or you're in darkness. So if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we're in darkness. If we confess our sins, he, that is Christ, who, who he introduced in, in the first four verses about the antecedent, um, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So what we have here is is this juxtaposition between light and darkness. And for John, you're either one or the other. You're either in Christ and thus in the light, or you're in darkness and thus 
um, um, away from Christ. So, so he, the John wants us to 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 look in the mirror and say, "Am I walking in the light, or am I walking in the darkness?" And I can't have one foot in one and one foot in the other. So, for John, he wants you to evaluate your life: Who are you, and where are you in this uh, in these two metaphors? Lord, we'll see you guys here tomorrow.